Hello, all you badass, beautiful people out there. This week on the podcast, we have Haley Christensen. She's going to be coming in and talking about what it really takes to run a family business and what it's like to work for family and work with family. Uh, and also her amazing journey and her, uh, she's going to share a lot of information about how she became the, um, the front lines of the business and how she's kind of integrated herself and a bunch of tips that you can work with in order to hire your first frontline person, your first office person. She shares some really good stuff. Uh, also within this episode, you're going to listen for a, um, what we call our little sales nuggets. We're going to be dropping sales nuggets in these new podcasts that uh, will help you communicate better with your clients so you can close bigger deals and make more money and spend more time with your family. So listen throughout the episode, you'll, you'll hear them pop up. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, and uh, this episode is sponsored by Yes Express, where we teach you how to do 2x revenue in half the time. Yeah, you heard me right. Reach out if you're curious. So today, we have a very special guest, and I know I say that every week, but I know this guest now for a while. We've done some really cool stuff together. This, this woman is a badass, um, and she's earned that title. Uh, this is, uh, her name is Haley Christensen, and she is with Nicholas Landscaping. Got, where are you from, Haley? Like, where's your business at? We are based in Willits, California, and it's okay. an itty bitty little town. Like, uh, most people, I have to tell them where San Francisco, if they know where San, San Francisco is, most people do. We're probably like three-ish hours north of that, okay. um, maybe three and a half, depending on traffic. Okay. And how fast you drive, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so guys, this week we have Haley on, cause you know what? I have a, a burning question. You know, I know in our industry, we have a lot of men, right? Out there building cool shit, designing stuff and women kind of get pushed to the side. Well, Haley's not that kind of girl. She's somebody who doesn't mind getting her hands dirty. And she is, she's a beast when it comes to getting things done in the most amazing feminine way. <laughs> right. So my, my point is that I want to have a conversation with her today about what it's like being a woman in our industry, what it's like, you know, standing on her own and, and adding insane amount of value in her, in her business. So uh, that's why I have her on today. But before we get into all those wonderful things, uh, I want to hear a little bit more about her story because to be honest with you, I don't know a lot about her story. So Haley, start us out from when the sperm meets the egg and work us through till today. Go ahead. You got 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess the best way, the best uh, place to start is with Nicholas Landscaping. I, I guess I have been involved with it from the very, very beginning. And that is because Nick is actually my older brother. And I have watched him grow in this industry since forever. Um, you know, we, our dad was a plumber as, by trade his entire life. Nick's, Nick started working with him at, at a young age and um, moved into that 
I guess, field through his high school career and just started learning about business in that sense um, without even knowing it. I heard him talk about that. And after that, um, you know, life goes on, he gets married and then he started working for our uncle who is a landscape maintenance. Uh, he has a landscape maintenance business in Marin, um, Sonoma and Marin County here in California. Mm-hmm. And most people know that area by being called what the wine country. And so a lot of the places there are kind of higher end, um, a lot of vineyards, a lot of, um, big estates. And so my uncle specializes in that, um, big attention to detail, um, good quality stuff. Right. And so Nick got you, I watched Nick move through that and learn from my uncle in that sense and just blossomed with that. Um, then our family moved to Willits, California. Nick paved the way and moved to Willits, California. Um, he actually helped start a church here. And when he moved here, I was still in Sonoma County. We were all in Sonoma County. Then he moved up to Willits to start the church. And I watched from that point, his struggles through there to find a job. And all the jobs up in this, this county that we're in now, this county is kind of, I don't want to say depressed, I guess, but it's, it's really rural and um, backcountry folk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nick came from this high end wine connoisseur feeling um, to this backcountry feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't able to find a landscape company that would hire him to be able to support his family. And so he talks about it all the time that he started his own business so that he could support his family and support other families. That's his big thing is wanting to um, hire people and make sure that they can make a true living wage and um, be proud of that, right? And so, you know, fast forward about a year, he had already started and he was working in that kind of by himself and with the help of some others, I think, um, throughout that process. And then me and my husband moved up here and my husband started working for Nick in Nick's landscape maintenance division that he had going and, and trained my husband into that. So I've always been in the, in the background, I guess Mm, is kind of what my point is. Um, fast forward again, let's see six years now. And Nick ha- has grown the business exponentially. He his his follow his his following on social media on on the internet has grown. He's gotten um, his name out there, kind of his reputation. He's hired um, four crew guys now five since I've been here, but at the time before I was here was about four crew guys. He had. Um, our mother who is a bookkeeper is doing all his bookkeeping. So we're still within the family realm and I had my own business. I, I was running and operating a business that my mom started about 11 years ago and I was helping her from that point. So we're all kind of entrepreneurs, right? Um, I took that business over myself and ran it for the last six years and Nick was starting to talk about how he is just buried in the office side of things and not being able to keep up. And he has to be in the field. He has to be in the office, you know, just being pulled every which way. And he's just grown so big that he can't keep up with it. Now he's dropping balls. He's upsetting clients and not wanting to do mm-hmm. that. You know, he cares. And so I came to him and said, well, 
I am kind of looking for a part-time job now because I realized after moving up here, my business, I wasn't able to efficiently run it in the winter time because it was hard. It's hard labor. It was, I clean and repair horse blankets. That's what my Got business it. Okay. was. And it I was, didn't know it was a business. That's it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone says that. <laughs> You know, um, not yeah, a lot of yeah. people even know what they think when I say horse blankets, they think, um, the saddle pad, the thing that the, okay. the pad that the saddle goes on top of. Um, yeah. but what I do is the jacket, so to speak, that goes Got it. over the, the, the horse, horse coat. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, so I clean those, I repair those, I waterproof those. So it's a lot of outside work. It's a lot of, um, elbow grease with that. And so in the winter time, where I lived, I couldn't do it efficiently. That was profitable. And so I realized that and I went seasonal with that, with that business. And I told Nick, I was looking for a part-time job in the winter time that was flexible. So I could deal with my children. I have three kids. Um, and he said, yeah, he hired me, um, in this last February and we both just ran with it. And I've kind of fallen in love with, with this, this field and this trade. And cause I'm a do it yourselfer. I, I am the person who fixes everything in our house. <laughs> Me and my husband kind of have switched our roles and my husband's the cook. He helps the house with housework, cleaning everything. I'm kind of the one outside fixing stuff, building fences, you know, uh, building meat, <laughs> I can like, see that. Yeah. Out there and help with that. We build a chicken coop. Yeah. I fix my washing machine and my dishwasher. Like I'm that kind of person. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I ran with it, this business because it's it's totally within the my first love of life. I just mm-hmm. building with my hands and and doing that kind of thing. And so um, since February, I have learned so much, and Nick has helped helped me do that and um, has trained me and allowed me to just dive totally into it. And so actually, this month. I shut my business down completely. My horse blanket business. I, I oh. shut it down. Um, I delivered my last batch of blankets just a few weeks ago and I am finished. Cause I told Nick that I am all in and I want to learn everything. I want to do everything I possibly can to help make this punk company, um, successful. And I want to be a part of it. I'm in for the long haul. And he said, okay. Uh, and now we're, now we're here. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So, so why is coming on board with a family business so important to you? You know, <laughs> my family and I, we have the saying about us, our family, we are a freak of nature <laughs> in a good way because most families, I feel they're, they don't, they're not tight knit. They, they, mm-hmm. we spend every moment that we can together. We have dinners either at my house, at Nick's house, at my mom's house. We all live in the same city now, again, same town. And we have dinner at everyone's houses, um, throughout the week. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, and every holiday we want to be together. We're spending the weekends together all the time. Like we just want to be around each other. And I think that's kind of rare. Um, we work really well together. Um, Nick and I just had this conversation. We kind of had a client that we were working with that had some issues with the projects and everything. We were trying to figure out the best way to go about it. And, um, we had ended that conversation that late at night, it was like 10 o'clock at night. We were texting back and forth and we both said to each other, we work really good together and we both love it. And we're excited for our journey together. You know, we just kind of said it and it's just cool. We, we, 
working with family is important because it's just, there's nothing else like it. When it works and you guys can work together and we can be honest with each other without feeling scared of hurting each other's feelings. Cause we know the other person is going to take the criticism the right way and, mm-hmm. and learn from it. It's, it's just a different feeling. So working with family is, is a blessing and we definitely don't take it for granted because we know it's, it's rare. Yeah, for sure. And you know, my background was family company as well. I worked with for 15 years and it, uh, you know, it was an amazing time when it worked. Right. And there's times when things pump and come up and then it's, you know, it's anyway, it's, it can be definitely an incredible journey for sure. And the cool part about working with families, you kind of know who you're getting, you know, involved with. There's not like you, you remember them, you grew up with them. So you know who they are, what their best yeah. at their worst and all of that. So that makes it a truly exciting, uh, you know, journey along the way for sure. And, uh, that's really cool, dude. I'm really excited for you and for what this means. And, you know, so you obviously want to come into the company, you want to come in and, and, and get, you know, do stuff. So how are you finding yourself getting into helping out? You know, you said Nick had a, a pile of paperwork, like how do you even start that? How do you start helping them out? How do you start figuring out where you can be useful? Like, how was that for you? Um, knowing me and myself, I have to fully understand whatever it is that I'm doing, it's, I was in the military for, uh, what, like a year and a half, two years. Um, I went through basic training. I went through technical school in the air force and the mentality there was do this because I told you to, and you don't need to know why just do it. And that was really, really hard. I could, I was not able to function like that. And I learned that about myself really fast. I can't just, I can't do it. (laughs) And so after that, that was like, that was right after I graduated high school. And so I learned that very quickly and I'm really happy because from that point on in my life, I knew I have to fully, fully understand the ins and out, the background, what the goal is after this about anything, anything in my life. And so when Nick hired me, I basically, (laughs) he still had his office at his house and, and he, his office was a mess to be honest. Um, he just didn't have the time to organize it. And to be honest, both Nick and I, we suck at organizing. <laughs> My mom is great and his wife is great at organizing. Um, but the way we organize stuff, it's like organized chaos and it makes no sense. But it makes sense to us, right? So when I walked into his office, I looked at everything and I was like, cool, I can work with this. <laughs> and <laughs> a, box, a, a file box and I went through his entire office. I cleaned it. I went through all the papers, just familiarizing myself with whatever I could and asking questions. And I eventually had one file box of stuff that I felt was important and took it to my house. That's where my office was at that time, my little makeshift office inside my bedroom and started just data entry for Nick. Um, We use synced up as far as the program that we use uh, for estimating and things like that. And so he taught me a little bit how to use that. And I did a bunch of data entry and that was the best way for me to start understanding the materials that he uses, what this word meant. Like, is this a material? Is this a tool? Like I have no idea. And like, yeah, I was yeah. starting from scratch. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do your sulfur and I know my way around a drill and a hammer and all of that. But I don't know the specific terms of things. I don't know the the professional way of it, right? Yeah. And so doing that data entry was huge and learning about that. And that I think kickstarted it all. Cause once I had the understanding of the materials and the tools and 
the vendors that he uses and their ins and outs, I was, I felt like I could do anything after that. I could learn anything. How did, how did you that. learn that? I mean, that's, that's obviously, it's like you going from, or me going from landscaping into being a doctor or something like, or whatever, right. like fill in the blank or a lawyer. It's, it's like, it's a whole nother level of different words and terminologies and things that mean other things and all that. So what was your, your trick to learning these things quick? I know you're a quick learn, but what Google. are some of your tricks that you do? <laughs> Google. Okay. <laughs> Google was a big one. Um, yeah. The, so the vendors, if I saw a vendor name, I'd search it and find out what it was, mm. um, and what they specialized in. And then if I couldn't figure out from there, like where this piece of information, like I was inputting all of his items in an item catalog and synced up. I know that you might have some listeners who use synced up, so I know what that means, but mm-hmm. it's basically his inventory of everything, all his materials, all his, um, equipment, all his vendors, like you know, everything. And so I was inputting all that. And if it said like, um, timber tech rail cover, I'm like, what the heck's a timber tech? <laughs> and I had no idea. And so I searched it up and I found yeah. out it's a decking company. And now, and now I know the ins and outs of timber tech, like the back of my hand, right. Cause it's amazing. Um, a lot of it was also texting Nick late at night. Like, what the heck is this man? Took a picture of what I was looking at. Looked, took a picture of my screen and sent it to him. And he was on it, just replying back to me and letting me know what that was and the ins and outs of yeah. that. I, I couldn't figure it out on my own. So yeah, a lot of help with Google and Nick. <laughs> and I, I, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's a matter of having just real communication between you two. Oh, and yes. you know, it's, it's nice because you being siblings that you kind of get each other more. If you weren't siblings and he hired you off the street to do the work, it might be different, but you know, in, in general, the best type of relationships you can have in her office or even in her business is ones where you can be authentic. You can communicate exactly as it is. You don't have to hold any punches. You can be vulnerable too, as the leader yeah. and even as support it's still the, you're leading people too. You know, I know that Haley's not just, you know, a cog in the machine. She's leading people. She's doing stuff. So um, that's the important part to know that there is a lot of value there uh, in good communication. That's huge. Would you agree with that? A hundred, a hundred and fifty percent still to this day. Yep. It's a big topic. Yep. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that you realized along your way here, you know, getting into this new position that helps you, manage the day-to-day like what did you learn what processes did you learn that kind of thing that helps you become more and more dangerous each and every day um i shadowed nick for a lot of the first couple months i just followed him around and when he was working out of his his home in his own office i would sit there and Mm -hmm. sit next to him and just watch him on his computer um, ask questions again, like what, what is this that you're doing? Why are you doing this? A lot of it was him doing the proposals of, of the jobs, looking at CAD plans and the designs and, and deciphering them. And so a lot of it was just sitting next to him or, or following him around on the job sites and just listening and learning, asking the questions when I needed to, um, and having him as an amazing leader and answering them, answering all my questions without making me feel like an idiot, <laughs> you yeah. know, so that was big. Um, and then just a lot, like I said, um, a lot of the detective work that I did on my own, I think having the, the drive to not just wait for the answers to come to me, I sought out the answers. And if I texted Nick and he couldn't get back to me right away, 
I'd still be sitting there trying to find the answer on the internet or whoever else I could call. My husband was a help too with the um, irrigation side of things. When we had jobs like that, he was a huge help too, because he was taught by Nick. And so he had all that information. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of it is if you want to learn quickly, you got to have that drive and determination to help yourself and not wait for people to give you the answer and just hand it to you on a silver platter because that's not going to go over well most of the time. <laughs> no, I totally get it. So um, bigger question then is, so I know when I first started and I hired my first uh, person, you know, in the office and, uh, you know, you know her well, Becky, right? Hired her to come in and I was, you know, I had never had somebody in the inner office that is, you know, responsible for things and trying to set up systems and do all these kinds of things. So, uh, I was like, well, how am I going to train people to do that? You know, I'm just so used to, I've been doing it forever myself. Like, how are they going to do it like me and all this? And it was, that was a big struggle for me in the beginning is to get that to, to know, uh, how am I going to do that? I'm like, I don't have processes and systems in place. Like, I, I don't know. I just do stuff. Right. So uh, I'm curious to see you just kind of mentioned how you just kind of stuck next to his side and kind of watched and, and kind of took notes and just figured, OK, yeah. I can do that. I can do that. So, you know, for anyone else out there listening that doesn't have someone in the office, you know, there's there's this this um, uh, relationship that that uh, is really the ideal business relationship, in my opinion. And it's it's the relationship of the visionary and the integrator. Right. Yes. So you have yeah. the person who sees the distance. You've got somebody who's looking out, looking for, if you will, if you're driving a ship or, or whatever, or steering a ship, like the icebergs, the mountains, the the uh, different things that are out there, different obstacles. And then you have, so they're thinking long play. And then you have the other person who is the integrator who takes those ideas and gets them going. That puts yeah. the, the rubbers on, uh, rubbers, <laughs> puts the <laughs> wheels, sorry, on the, on the car. So that that's a different conversation, but anyway, uh, <laughs> on the car and then off you go. Right. So, but without that, integration there is no movement right there's no wheels in the car you're not going anywhere the, the, the boat just sits there no one shoveling the not just shoveling the colon but getting it done making sure it's done yeah. so and i think that's why you two work so well together is because you're a classic integrator like you are the get shit done kind of person right and and yeah, that's yeah. what the visionary needs now the cool part about that dynamic is that one is not better than the other no one definitely. is not important I, I to, visionary because I am not yeah. a visionary. I, I can be if, if I know wholeheartedly what I want to do, but most of the time I don't, I don't know his vision. It's not my company. And so, yeah, anyway, yeah. Have not being an integrator, you have to have a visionary person and vice versa. Yes. You can't be a visionary without the integrator because then nothing happens. So I totally and, agree. In the beginning, when you start a business, you were both. If you were the only yeah. one starting it, I was for years. I'm trying to be the visionary and the integrator. And the part is that I suck at integrating, <laughs> right? <laughs> I have lots of ideas and they get going and I write them all down and I get excited about them. And then I'm like, well, guess who's got to do it? <laughs> so right. yeah. it's so much better for the visionary to have, you know, an integrator. We're like, here's the ideas. Push back on me. If, if you know, I want honest conversation. If you're like, this is a bunch of bullshit. Tell me your bigger plan here. And then we mm -hmm. kind of work through it. There's always that pushback, that clear communication. And then to move in the right direction and be like, okay, good. This makes sense. Here's how we're going to do it. I'll have it done by Monday. And then you're off as a visionary doing the next thing. But then you're pulling the business with you in that. But without yeah. the two, you know, it's like the old adage where you ask somebody, okay, what's more important? The heart, the brain, the liver? <laughs> in the human body, right? right? Which is more important? Yeah. Right? You take one of those out, whole body dies. Yep. It's that simple. So there is no one that's more important. They all just have different functions. So understanding that, respecting that. And that's what I love about you guys is there's a respect there back and forth because you've mentioned a few times that you work for your brother. 
Right. So that's, that's a different thing because as a family, yeah, it's yeah. like, now there's a hierarchy. It's like, how does that work? Is there jealousy in there? Is it, I want to be the boss. It's like all of these things. I went through all of that when working with, you know, with the family business. Um, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. and do you take these things to dinner on Sunday or is there a Chinese wall between work and that? Right. So tell me a little bit about that, the struggle of running a family business and trying to keep fit your personal family and then your bigger family and like all these things together while all being with your husband included in a business. I think this is very right. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, um, well, to, for, to answer your first question about integrating everything, um, Basically, what I had to do was as I started to learn each step, each aspect of the business, I just started writing things down. Um, it, it's just chicken scratch notes, just writing things down in in their own categories. And eventually, I have been able to organize those notes into processes. Mm-hmm. And pr- the processes that we have, they're constantly changing and updating because we find mm-hmm. better ways to do it. And I find better ways that works better for me than what Nick had first taught me on how to do something in the office. Um, and so I will change up that process. And it's just, it just started with taking the notes and getting it down on paper, grouping all of the ideas. Cause you know, you have one day where you're like, you're all enthralled in it and you're talking about everything. Me and Nick do this all the time. And I'm still trying to get in the habit of writing everything down as soon as he starts talking because he's such a visionary, like you said. Yeah. And I have to start writing everything down, writing everything down. And then when I come back, it's all there. I'm able to start organizing it and implementing. Um, but yeah. it starts with those notes. Just write it down. On I have a notebook that I carry with me everywhere. I have um, a laptop that I have with me. So when I'm running around, I have that available And when I'm not in my office. Um, so I always have a notebook just to write anything and everything that I need to do, that I need to work on that, you know, processes that we're, they're talking about. It all starts with the notes and then I can organize it into a, a real process later and implement it. Or if I'm, we're talking about bringing on another office person, like an assistant for me at soon in the nearer future. So I'm, I'm always having that in my head. Like, how would I train someone to do this that I'm doing? Cause yeah. I start seeing that I'm, I'm taking notes and it's a little coded cause if I were to give those notes to somebody else, they're like, what the heck does this mean? I don't even know where to start. So I have to always rethink, go back and rethink how would I train someone who has no idea like how I started mm-hmm. and just giving them this notebook or whatever it is that I'm putting it into and how, how can I make them successful um, right off the bat? And so I'm always thinking about that too. Um, but it starts with that notebook and writing it down. Um, so that answers your other question. I hope, um, going into the family aspect and the hierarchy and leaving work at work and not talking about it at dinner, that's really hard. (laughs) Mm. And to be honest, we are better at it some days than others. Um, it's to us, it's really not a bad thing though. Um, we like the fact that we can kind of continue our office conversations at dinner. Um, because you know, our time is, is enthralled with the business and we like what we do. We all do it as a family. And so it doesn't really feel like work when we're home having dinner together. We enjoy the conversations. We're always talking about it in one sense or another. Um, I actually asked my mom this the other day, cause I am now learning 
the ins and outs of Nick's cash flow. Mm. And that's really hard because I can see when Nick's doing really good. I can see when he's doing really bad. I can mm. see when he's struggling with his cash flow, right? And that mm. means his family is struggling and I worry about him. I mean, that's that's normal. We're family, right? I mean, if I didn't sure. worry, that'd be bad. <laughs> For sure. And yeah. I yeah. And my mom had come over one night for dinner because she's the bookkeeper. So she's enthralled with it too. Like mm. every day, every, that's her job. And mm. I asked her, I was like, mom, I, how do you do this? How do you separate your fear for your brother or your son? When, I mean, how do you separate that? Like, cause now all I want to do is talk to you about this. So how we can figure this out, how we can make this better for him. And, but we're home and we're having dinner and we've been talking about it all day. So how do we do that? And she's like, well, um, I don't know. <laughs> and at that moment, we decided to not talk about it and force ourselves to take a break. Nick was all like, um, he was, he was at, um, Tussie landscaping with Weston and he was away. And so he wasn't there to kind of like bounce what we were talking about off of. Um, but he trusts us too. So he trusts us to make these kinds of decisions and, and, do our time properly, like spend our time properly and not get overwhelmed. He doesn't want us to get overwhelmed. He doesn't want us to get burned out. He, but he, and he trusts us to make those kinds of decisions. Um, so I can't really give you an answer, I guess. I mean, like I said, our family's a freaking nature and we enjoy it even after hours. <laughs> um, but I know, I know for Nick, what he has done on an iPhone, I guess you are now able to, tell your iPhone when you're working and when you're not, and you can force it to keep all your work stuff from notifying you after hours. And he did that. And he said, it's Perfect changed time. his home life for the better because his wife mm -hmm. is, is not really in the business anymore. She kind of used to be kind of helped a little bit, um, kind of did what I'm doing now, uh, before he was this big. Um, but she's not in it anymore. She's doing her own thing. She takes care of the house. She takes care of the kids. She, uh, works at the school where the kids go. So she's doing her own thing. Mm -hmm. And my husband is actually not in the business anymore for Nick. Nick closed down his landscape maintenance division. Um, and my husband from that point moved into a different job for a few years. And now my husband started his own landscape maintenance division because there wasn't one in this area. And Nick nice. didn't want to do that kind of thing anymore. He's strictly design and build outdoor living um, and we got calls all the time for landscape maintenance. So he told my husband who at that time, the job he was in was not good. And we were looking for an answer on what to do. And Nick said, you should start your own landscape maintenance business because you know how to do it. And I would fully back you because I, I taught you. So <laughs> and good. so my husband's not in the company anymore with Nick, but he's still mm -hmm. kind of in the field, right? In this, in this trade um, of landscaping. So my husband can get in on the conversation and then Nick's wife kind of feels left out because now all of us are like talking about it. Oh no. She <laughs> <No? laughs> didn't go on the vacation, right? So now she yeah. can't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's that too. So Nick made it so that he, he shuts it off when he gets home every day that he does yeah. do that. But family dinners, it's really hard because me, my mom, Nick, and my husband are all in it. All that's like our life and we love it. <laughs> so we're still trying to find that balance. We are still trying to find that balance. Um, not that it's a bad thing. That's what I keep saying. I don't think it's a bad thing. And um, there is a balance that we should find um, at this point 
we're still figuring it out. <laughs> That's great though. I love how you guys all get along and all cheering for each other, helping each other out, creating opportunities for each other. That is just absolutely beautiful. And We interrupt this podcast to give you a sales tip, a really powerful idea to think about during uh, during your sales process. Now, one of the things that has come to, to light here in the last 25 years is this concept of getting both decision makers involved. Now, assuming most of your clients are you know, a two-party deal, it's important for you to make sure both of them are being heard and both of them have uh, their questions answered. If you go into a situation where you're working with just one, you always have the other one popping up later and possibly flipping the entire cart over. So we like to call uh, that dynamic the bird dog and the banker. So the bird dog is a person that reaches out to you via the phone call and is all excited about the project, doesn't really care about budget, wants everything they can possibly imagine. And then you have the banker, which is on the backside, who's the one that's more um, focused on what this thing might cost and can we really afford it and does it make sense in this house and how long are we gonna be living there? So more the practical one. So make sure you get both of them on a phone call or at the meetings when you're talking about your project and that's going to make the entire process move along much faster. You mentioned earlier or that your husband helps out a lot more at home with the kids and all that because I want to ask you how you balance having three kids and now helping your brother you know being full-time employed there and your husband starting a business and running it as well like how do you balance three kids in all of that? I, <laughs> I'm just shaking my head here. How do you do it? I could not do it without my husband. Oh yeah. oh my gosh. I will be the first one to say I'm spoiled with who I married. I got really, really lucky and I couldn't do it without him. Um, we kind of, we kind of switched roles in our, in our work life, I guess, because before with the business I was running my, my own business, my home business, um, it was really, really flexible. I made all my hours and it was, it was just a different kind of business. I didn't, I wasn't working from eight to five. I worked for a couple hours here, a couple hours here. You know, I'd work on the weekends while he was home. I, it was really, really flexible. He was the one that was working um, from I, some days he'd have to be at work before 6 a.m. He would not come home till sometimes close to 7 p.m. He was gone all day. So I was the one doing all of those wifey things, as people would say. Um, then when that job wasn't panning out and he was looking for another, we were trying to figure out what to do for him. We were playing around with the idea of him coming and working with me in my business and growing that business and just working together at home. But we were really scared that it wasn't going to make enough money. Um, and that's when Nick told me that he was struggling and needing to have someone in the office. So it just kind of melded, right? What happened was now I am working. I am usually in the office no later than 8.30 in the morning, sometimes earlier, sometimes even earlier because I have to go to the, into the field um, and help the guys because the guys start at 7 um, in the morning. And so I'm, sometimes I'm early, right? I work in the office until eight, uh, 5 o'clock at night. And that's just the hours that I set for myself from 8.30 to 5.00. Um, sometimes it can be a little later cause I'm enthralled in something and I want to get it done. And I have my office outside the home now so I can focus. Um, and so my husband, his, his business that he created when Nick told him to do this landscape maintenance thing, I actually got it going. I did all the back end um, marketing. I got all of his, his processes put together cause I was enthralled in it. I was learning all the process from Nick. 
and could implement it into my husband's business. So I was actually the one that got that up and running, to be honest. I handed it off to my husband <laughs> at some point because I was like, I can't Love be both, it. sorry, but here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice I did a little bow tie. I made his routes for him. I, um, I created his QuickBook account and got that going got his invoice templates all done. Like I, I handed my husband his business to where it was turnkey pretty much. And it was going, it was flowing already. And so yeah. that was really helpful for him because he's not a businessy person. Um, and it allowed him to be who he is now. His schedule is nine o'clock in the morning is when he gets to his clients. That allows him to get the kids ready in the morning. He gets the kids to school by 830. Then he goes to his clients at night. Um, then he gets off of work by 334 in the afternoon and picks the kids up from school, gets them home, gets dinner going. And then I walk in the door like, honey, I'm home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. Like I said, our family is a freak of nature and we make it work and we could not do it without each other. And it's all about teamwork, compassion, yeah. grace, patience, understanding, love, like everything is, is built into that and it wouldn't work without any of it. So. That's amazing. I love that that works for you guys. And you know, it's, it's so good. So good. Now question for you, if I were a listener out there and I'm, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like I really want to hire somebody. My, my thought process in business is one of the first people you hire after you've got, you know, the revenue coming in would be someone to be the implementer, right? To someone to manage the inner office, to manage the schedules, to manage the day to day. So that as the owner, now, again, I just want to sidebar here. As an owner, you can be an amazing implementer, but you need a visionary as part of your partnership here, right? So if that's not you, that's okay. Just make sure that partnership is clear and make sure that the expectations in that partnership is clear. But, uh, you know, if I'm out there, I'm the visionary, all that's great. I love to visualize, design these things, run crews, have the vision for the business, all that stuff. And I'm looking for someone like yourself you know, as an implementer, like I said, I have Becky as an implementer on our team. She is a machine when it comes to that stuff. She is just, that's, she's cut for exactly that. And exactly as you are, you know, like you just give me something, boss, give me something. I'll take it anywhere. Just give me something. Right. And so my question for you is if I'm out there as a listener wanting to add an implementer into my business, what should I be looking for? What kind of person, like, give me a sense of, you know, if this was like a, uh, uh, a dating app or something, right? And we're like looking for that one. Like, what should we be looking for? Like, what kind of things do you like? Uh, not like, you know, long walks in the beach and, and lobster bisque. But I mean, my point is like, what what are some things that they should be looking for? And when they interview people, certain personality traits that gives them a good indicator that they're a good implementer? Gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, just to be honest, is asking any type of question that you could to find out if that person is a do-it-yourselfer, you know, I, cause that's, that's who I am. Like that's my, when I, when I have a problem with anything, especially if it's hands-on fixing something, I'm figuring out how I can do it myself before I pay someone else to do it. <laughs> um, okay. And I know that's like in this business, we're trying to tell clients, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take, it, take care of it for you. Um, we love people I can't figure out how to swing a hammer. That's, right. that's our bread and butter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I know that's kind of contradictive, but yeah, I, I love mean, that though. and, and that, that's the first thing that comes to mind, like a do it yourself or because that kind of person 
is, is the type of person to go and find the answer on how to fix the issue that they're having. Yes. I mean, that's, I don't know any other way to describe that. And so if you're interviewing somebody asking them what their hobbies are and they tell mm. you like drawing, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is for a design, design um, position. It's like, okay, well, what would you do if, if your door came off its hinges, what would you do? And ask them those types of questions. And mm -hmm. if they say, oh, well, I'm probably going to look on YouTube, see what I can figure out, you know, um, then I say, heck, that person could be of help to you because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're the kind that's going to step out and, and find the answer before they go look for someone to hand it to them on a silver, silver platter. That's my biggest thing, I guess. I, I honestly, wow. That, that is anybody listening out there. That is like the biggest question. I love that you just frame that so perfectly because you're, you're exactly okay. right. Cause implementers, that's what they, they get shit done. Right. And they will find a way to get things done. A true implementer. So when you say during your interview process, or you pick up the phone, like, I really need an implementer. I really want to start having somebody in my office. How do I find that person? You start interviewing people, you start reaching around and you start talking to people and say, all right, so give them a scenario, just like you just did here. Your door falls off the hinges. What's the first thing you do? And wait, they can be big, weird questions like that, because when you get then you, you put the person out of their comfort zone and they're like, well, I would just call somebody to fix it. Not mm -hmm. a good fit. Or you get yeah. somebody to your point, say, I would YouTube that thing or I, I know exactly <laughs> what book to go to and I'd get it fixed by the time my, my husband, and my kids come home, whatever, on a Saturday. Hmm, OK, yeah. there's an implementer right there, baby. That's somebody who gets shit done. So. Man, I'm telling you, that's one of the first things I do when I start a business now is to get somebody in as the implementer as fast as possible, because I know that's not me. I know that's not me. Nothing's going to get done if I visualize everything and nothing hits the road. Right. And mm -hmm. that's the big thing. And that's why it's so important for us to know that dynamic so that we can be most efficient with our time and have the entire team and concept and everything grow as fast as we possibly can get it to grow and enjoy it along the way as well. And when implementers have things to implement, they're on fire. They're alive. They've got a mission. Would you say that's true? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I thrive. I thrive in that for sure. When Nick gives me things, I mean, for example, our processes, um, bef before we actually took the S express class, we were struggling with all of those types of processes and like how to do it. And he came up with some things and just said, Hey, look this up, look this up for me and figure out how to do it. I'm like, okay, he already had the the sit the name like so monday.com i'm just gonna say it monday.com is what we now use to track all of our leads mm -hmm. before that it was me trying to track it like on a piece of paper basically yeah. Um, yeah. or in synced up which didn't do everything we wanted it to do and so he found monday.com somehow and said hey here's a website i saw and this might do what we needed to do check into it for me bam yep. and i'm and i figured it out <laughs> as best yep. i could no, it's so good because as the visionary, we're like, okay, we can help, you know, our goal or our, our mission as the visionary is not just to plot the plan, but it's also to make sure our teams are, are uh, going through a path down a flow, down a journey with as few obstacles as possible. So our jobs as leaders is to see those obstacles coming, those icebergs, those rocks in the distance, if you're, you know, floating that boat and, and it's capping it forward and trying to get them out of the way so your team doesn't have to deal with it. That's our bigger mission, right? And there's always going to be things that come into place. There's always going to be things that pop up. And then you just have to empower your team to make decisions on their own. Because you will never be a true leader that can step away from a business if you let always have your people 
coming to you for answers. There, there is something inside of us as leaders that we want to be wanted, that we want to be needed. And eventually, if your team can do it, they won't need you anymore. That's that's a, a mindset shift you're going to have to make as a leader if you want to take your company to the next level. So it's empowering your people. And the way you do that is, first of all, finding amazing people like Haley. But on top of that, it's to give them space to be autonomous and make decisions for themselves. So instead of them coming to you and saying, hey, boss, you know, this happened on this project. What should we do? And you saying, oh, do A, B and C and that'll solve the problem. And then they didn't have to think at all. And next time that problem happens, they may do the same thing or they may be like, oh, crap, what did they say to do last time? But when when the, the genesis of the idea comes from your team, your team's got it. So when that problem comes up and you say, well, should we do, boss? I'd be like, what do you think we should do? What are some solutions you think? Oh, uh, I think this, this, and this could work. All right, guys, as a team, what do you guys think? You like that idea? Cool, do it. If it's way off, they wouldn't be. But if it's way off, you can guide them back into the reins, right? Right back into the pasture. But the reality is 99% of the time, the team is going to come up with ideas. And I bet you more than half of that, it's probably better ideas than you had. <laughs> so ask your team, empower them, let them make decisions. And when they own those decisions, when they, when they can see their value being integrated into the business, that is, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's like adrenaline into the company because now everyone feels like they're heard and valued. It's gigantic. So if your goal is to be the one that everyone comes to all the time, well, that's not going to leave you very happy long-term. It might be a short-term solution, but empower your team to make decisions. Cause then when you're gone or you're out on a job site or you're out with your family on vacation and their phone doesn't ring and you're like, is it broken? You're turning it off and turning it on. There's no messages. A week later, you get back. You're like, guys, how did everything go? They're like, we got it. It's great. Everything's fine. A couple of bumps, but we figured it out. That's how you disconnect. And that's how when you train somebody coming up here, Haley, eventually when you have an assistant is to empower him or her as well. So that when you leave with your family on vacation and your phone doesn't ring, you don't have to think the whole place burned down and the phone's broken. It's because they're more than qualified and more than trained to do exactly what you're doing and probably a little bit better at certain things too. 100%. So true. So good. But uh, yeah, so we actually do get a lot of questions that people send in to us. Uh, They send it in, you know, through either email at hello uh, at at yes.express or they just reach out to us through DMs and things. You know, different people that have on a podcast, they ask for, you know, certain questions that they're struggling with in their business. And I thought this this question that came in would be perfect for Haley. Um, So uh, Jen writes in, she says, so how do I show my boss as a woman in this business how I'm more than just a secretary? Right. Because I know Becky said that a few times where when she worked at other companies, they were like, oh, you just answer phones and work with schedules, little girl. Stay over there and just do that. And obviously she and you have much more to offer this world. So how does she best show her boss that she's more than just a glorified phone answer or phone jockey? Um. It's a little, I, I know exactly where she's coming from because it's tough. I've been in those positions before, even, even in the military, I was also a wildland firefighter and I was the only girl on my crew. And even though that's like a, a, a full on labor, there's no office work involved with that. It was full on labor. I felt that way still. I still felt like I'm just the girl, like, what are you here for? You know? And what I took from that is I got to show the initiative. Like I have to work harder. And I know that's 
that's kind of cliche. Like it's coming out of a movie because that's what all those women power movies say. You got to work harder than the guys do in that same field um, or you're not going to be seen. And to be honest, I kind of agree with that. I do. Um, I'm fortunate that in my sphere of, of my work field, I don't get that too much. Um, I have felt it when I work, when I've talked to vendors, when I talk to um, any of the suppliers that we use and I'm the one talk, like talking to them about anything and, and I get that kickback from them. They start talking to like, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm saying. Like, Mm. Um, what it means, what this type of lumber is and the size that it is and just that condescending tone. And, you know, it's going to be there as women, it's going to be there. There's not much you can do about it, but within your work sphere, if it's your boss and everything, have taking the initiative and like not stepping on the boss's toes, but maybe if you're hearing some conversations that are happening in the office and they're not necessarily geared towards you, but they're like looking for answers on something or whatnot, take the initiative to like, if you don't already know the answer to it, like look something up, look up an answer, mm-hmm. try to figure it out with them without them knowing that you're trying to figure it out. Cause they're not asking you. Right. But if you figure something out, if you have an idea, speak up, just speak up about it. Say, Hey, I kind of have an idea. Do you want to hear it? Um, and even if they say no, find a way to tell it to them anyway, <laughs> they're not going to start listening. They're not going to start knowing that, you know, things unless you put it out there in some way. And it's going to be harder for some than others just because of the mentality of men sometimes. Sorry guys. Um, you have to be a little pushy sometimes. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the short of it. You just have to have the initiative. You have to have the gall to put yourself out there and show them, show them that you are more than what they think you are. And the only way to do that is to, is to have that initiative and not be afraid. Got it. So it's just having the confidence to say, Hey, I've have something I want to say and, and just say it as it is. And you know, as the visionary, if I had somebody come to me, you know, that was doing something, um, just say the same situation with a secretary that all they do is answer phones and do you know emails um, or, or scheduling, whatever. And they came to me like, hey, look, here's the process that we do in our call structure and in whatever scheduling clients. I think we can make this faster. Take a look here. If yeah. we skip this and this and flip that, we can we could save 15 minutes, 20 minutes, two minutes, whatever. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you start thinking about it, what's in it for me, right? From the perspective of your prospect. So in this case, the the secretary would be thinking, okay, what's in it for the boss if my my concept gets used? Well, he's going to save time, save money. Of course, he's going to be you know incentivized by that idea. If it's something that adds to the structure but doesn't give us any better results, then no, he's going to be like, oh crap, like I think I hired the wrong person. But to to you know people that are really looking for that, how can I take it over? I think I have an idea that could make this better adding that in and really thinking through it first to make sure it's true and then get it out and put it up to the team. Any leader or any visionary is going to be like, Oh my goodness, what else can you do? What else can you do? Here's some more stuff. What else can you do? And pretty soon you go from answering phones to running the entire business. You know, that's when Becky came in on board, she came in and she started out with, you know, answering phone and running schedules and helping me build systems and that kind of stuff. Cause I didn't have anything in place at the time. It might sound like I did, but I didn't like, I knew what I did, but how do I now help her do what I did, but do it even equal to or better than myself. So I ran into that situation and I didn't know what she was capable of, to be honest with you. I didn't, I never had somebody in that position. 
But what she would do is she would crush it and come back to, she wouldn't come back and stand there and look like, what else boss? What else would you like me to do? She found things. She's a mm -hmm. DIY as well. She gets shit done. She is incredibly capable. So it's like, all right, just all she needs is a mission. Like just give her a framework. Get, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then she keeps herself busy with stuff. She's checking out the website. How can we make that better? I read this book. How can we get this done? I watched this video. Can we implement this? Like it's, it starts becoming a think tank when you have the right person. That's really the cool part about it. And they just yeah. need another mission. That's the cool part. And <laughs> some vision coming forward. Yeah. It starts with, within you, like, I can't remember the name that you just said that has that question, but it starts within yourself. Like you got to have the confidence within yourself. Cause if you don't have the confidence within yourself, then who else is going to have confidence in you? And so whatever you need to do to do that, to get your confidence, um, do it. Like Joshua, you know, like when we went to the mindset adventure, I, that is what I needed. And I came back from that with all the confidence in the world and I've ran with it. And so whatever it is that this person needs to do or any person in that position, figure it, figure it out, figure out what you need to do to build your confidence within yourself. And it will exude to everybody else. And if that person you're working for is worth it, they will see that and, and help you in that way to even build on top of it even more. They'll want to listen. They're going to want to implement the things that you're talking about because they find the value in you. If yeah. that person doesn't see that value or that confidence, you might be in the wrong place. Yeah, um, exactly. That's something to think about as well. For sure. And for your listeners out there that may have heard or not heard, but here at Yes Express, we actually do a, a mission mindset adventure a couple times a year where we take um, savages like like uh, Haley here or other business owners or team members and we take them out to help build leadership and confidence in them because I've learned along my journey that confidence is the cure-all when it comes to just about everything and when you have confidence it's it's amazing when you don't you can feel it and you know it right it's something you just can't you can't deny um, and I lacked confidence earlier in my life and I figured out how to build it. And I'm now trying to help other people do that too. And anyway, so with that, we climbed the 14,000 foot, two of them actually, 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado this summer as a team. You know, we take a small group out and we work on mindset and we, we take on a big bucket list challenge. So Haley came out uh, with the group and she absolutely killed it. She absolutely killed this thing. So it was amazing to watch her transform in those couple days and uh, to see now the leader she's become. It's just so humbling to, you have no idea how much that warms my heart and how much you took from that. And even through the ice bath, you're like, I'm first, <laughs> right? I'm first, I'm going in. I'm like, I like this girl, she's good, <laughs> right? And you absolutely crush that too. And you're like, how long can I stay in here? And I was, you were thinking you probably wouldn't last very long, right? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> and you just sat there like, what else you got? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like we can't make it any colder it's already at freezing yeah. so <laughs> anyway but uh you know the biggest thing is is building that confidence and even as as visionaries you know if you can have vision but without confidence where are you going to go with it you know you need to have the, the the push right and when it comes to having uh, integrators same thing if they don't have confidence they're not going to speak up so the best thing you can do with your team is to help them build confidence and at the end of the day, I, we always look at businesses as, as a bigger stage or a bigger vehicle to help people live a better life, right? You mentioned earlier, Haley, about, you know, Nick's focus of, of not just building a business for himself, but helping families, right? And that's the bigger play. We get the opportunity and the privilege as visionaries, as business owners, as team members to help people, regardless of what position you're in. You get to help your clients for sure, but the whole group that the, the, the team member, the synergy 
with the mission in mind, they all get to come home and tell amazing stories around those tables on Sunday. And, you know, you get to lick your wounds throughout the week. We all have them, right? And you get to work through all that stuff and and to be able to break bread and share. And it's amazing that you can do it in the family dynamic, which is really powerful. It's really very unique and very cool. And I, I wish you the best of blessings and all that for that in the future. Uh, do you have any other knowledge that you want to drop on our listeners here before we wrap up? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, we kind of touched on everything, to be honest. I, I guess just going back to all the women out there who are struggling to find their place, it's like, I can't, I can't uh, say it enough is to find that confidence because not only like you were saying, Joshua, is it not only does it help you in, in your work world, but it also helps you in your personal life. And that is probably one of the most important things. And I didn't really... I mean, I had some confidence in myself before, but it's just different now. And I just want to better myself every day. And I think that's going to flow into whatever position you're in. It's going to make it better. And the people around you, the people you work for, work with, um, they'll see that too. And they'll want to, to, to help you in that journey as well. And if they don't, then you might be in the wrong place. And you have to kind of rethink. Um, so I, that, that I think is probably one of the most important things I would say to any person coming to me is, is don't let anybody make you feel like you're not important. I think Becky is the first one that had told me you are not just an office person. You are the effing office person. I don't swear. So <laughs> close <laughs> um, enough. He said, he said a word that I'm not going to repeat. Um, that's what she said. And you know, that is a hundred percent. And the, if you're in the office position, you're like the heart, you're, you're the heart of it pretty much. Like nothing else can really function without the office working. That was one of the things that, um, that was the thing that Nick took the time when he brought me on, we spent the next few months honing this office space and getting these processes figured out because everything else wouldn't function without it. This has to be organized first. And so you're not just the office person. It's, it means a ton more than that. So you have to stop telling yourself that you have to stop saying that to yourself, that you're just the office person. And if you're a mom and you are a stay at home mom, which I have been before in my life, it's the same thing. I know women have heard this, you know, you're just a stay at home mom. Like, what do you do all day? We know without a doubt that that is the worst thing to say to a mom. You're just what do you do? What do you do? It's like, no, you have no idea what we're capable of. And we have to know that within ourselves, we have to believe that first and foremost, but before we can expect anyone else to believe it or see it, we have to see and believe it ourselves first. 100% true. And, you know, when it comes to moms, you know, I have huge respect. My mother was a stay at home mom and, you know, after raising two kids and, you know, my wife in and out and all that kind of stuff with the, over the last 15 years, my oldest is 15 now. It's, I have such respect for women that stay home or even guys that stay home with the, the kids. I mean, that is, that is a full-time, oftentimes thankless job that never ends. And at least with us, we can go to work and check out and come back. We have different people. We have adults to talk to. We don't have diapers to change. We have all that stuff, right? So all of a sudden now you're like, oh, this is a different perspective. I'm glad I don't do that, right? <laughs> um, that's, but I have a very different and, and completely high respect for that for sure. Um, but uh, no, thank you for sharing that with us. It's absolutely true. Um, how can people find you, Haley, if they want to reach out and hear more about your journey or just ask you a question? 
Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram. We have a website that um, uh, our website is, is for our clients that can go on there and uh, fill out a form that we have. And it goes directly to me. And okay. if, if that's easiest for anybody, just fill that out and say, hey, I would like to chat with you. I heard you on whatever, whatever, and uh, outer spaces or wherever they see me from. That's like mm-hmm. the most direct way. But we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my Instagram is is NL underscore Haley. It's Nicholas Lansing underscore Haley. Um, and they can reach out that way. Nick has his own Instagram page, Nicholas Landscaping, also on Facebook too. And any of those, any of those avenues, it doesn't matter. I would love for anybody to reach out. I'm an open book. I would love to help anybody and, and let them know what I've learned. I'm, I'm not um, greedy. So I'd love to share and, and help people be successful. So any which way you want to, you want to do that. I'm open. I'm open. I love that. Thank you for that. And what is the website? Can you spell out the website? So if anybody wants to look up what you guys do? Yeah, well, right now it's nicholaslandscaping.com. It's uh, N-I-C-K-L-A-U-S landscaping.com. That may change (laughs) to nc-outdoors dot net i think but either way i think one way or the other it'll it'll uh, get you to where you need to go we're in the process of possibly changing our name here soon so um either way it'll all be linked um nicholaslandscaping.com just you can google it nicholas landscaping in california and it should pop up perfect no, I love that. And thank you, Haley, for coming on the show today and for sharing your story and, and opening us up to your family and your connections and all that stuff. It's it's so beautiful to see that. And uh, guys and gals out there, if if this you know moved you and you were want to work on your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can run a more successful business and you know, lead your teams, lead your family, lead all of that. We're doing another uh, mission mindset adventure to the Grand Canyon where we're going to actually hike. We're going to do a lot of mindset work and then we're going to hike down into the Grand Canyon and then back up. And uh, again, more bucket list items uh, for people. And anyway, uh, if you're interested in that and you want to jump on board with us, it's going to be in February. Um, So reach out to us at hello at yes.express. Again, hello at yes.express and we can chat. Uh, It's not for everybody. Uh, so if it's something that intrigues you, reach out, we can chat and see if it works, but, uh, thank you again, Haley, for coming on and sharing with us. And, uh, you know, as always guys, our goal here is to impact and empower as many human beings as we absolutely can, especially contractors and people out there that are, you know, owning businesses and just trying to figure this thing out. We call life. So, um, thank you for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you next week.